I was only at that job for three months, actually two months into that job. I'm sitting in the press box right before first pitch and my phone starts ringing and it says New York YA. Oh, and I was like, Yankees. But uh, it's funny because my first thought was, <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe like my first thought was it was like a spam call or something. <laughs> totally. I pick up and it was the VP of communications with the Yankees. And he basically said like, we have a job opening, you know, full-time opening in our department. We thought of you. Um, like, I know you just started this job down in Virginia, but I just wanted to give you a call and let you know. That kind of flipped my reality. You know, I was just like, yes. I completely moved down to Virginia. I had this full-time job. I'm like, I just started this job two months earlier. And now the Yankees are asking me if I want to come back to them full-time. Like, it was a really tough decision. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. Hope you're having a wonderful day, as always. I feel like I always start off this show by talking about the weather, which is like the most surface-level, basic thing you could think of. But at the end of the day, weather is something that we can all connect on. And those topics are hard to find these days, if you know what I mean. So... <laughs> It was a beautiful fall weekend. <laughs> it was gorgeous, really. I spent so much time outside, tried to take some cute pics with some leaves. I ended up looking ridiculous in every single picture, but that's okay because I had fun and I laughed a lot while I did it. And that's really what's going to matter at the end of the day, you know? I had a like, lot of spontaneous plans this weekend with some friends, which is my favorite kind of plan. So yeah, it was a good couple days. This weekend coming up, I have two weddings in two days in two separate states. Um, I'm actually super excited. I just sound, I know I just sounded like I'm dreading it. I'm really not. I cannot wait for each wedding. I have my cousin's wedding on Friday gonna see so much family that I haven't seen since before COVID and I just can't wait to dance with all of them and have fun and then I'm driving back up to New York on Saturday for my friend Allie's wedding which I'm one of the flower girls in um I talked about that on a different episode but yes I can't wait to make my flower girl re-debut I don't even know if that's a word whatever you know what I mean I thought those days were done but um they're making a comeback in the greatest fashion. So that will be Saturday. I'm going to be exhausted on Sunday, but it will be a great party, fun-filled, fun weekend. Help me. Okay. Um, something I wanted to talk about kind of on a different note here. I'm sure you all have seen the news about what happened at Astroworld Festival this weekend. It threw me for a loop, as I'm sure it did a ton of you as well. So incredibly upsetting to see those videos of clearly the people getting hurt and, um, you know, 
disturbing images, but also the people who are asking for help and not getting anything in return. Nobody was paying any attention to them, writing them off like it was an issue that could wait until later when those people needed help right now. It was so sickening to me and it just made me think, you know, on this show, yes, we talk about finding success and maybe along with that, yes, there are some perks. Maybe you get some fame, maybe you get some money, maybe you get some exposure, some status in this world. That can absolutely come along with you achieving your dreams 100%, but it should never be at the cost of us not caring about each other, of us putting this image above our humanity. We have to care for each other first and foremost, look out for each other, even if it throws off what we had planned to do for that day of or what our brand is. All of that is stupid. It's stupid and it doesn't matter. What matters is how we treat each other. Even if it's not the thing you're supposed to do according to your boss or your family or your friends. If it comes down to helping somebody, that is what matters most. And as absolutely sickening and tragic as this weekend was, if we could take that lesson from that and really put that forward, I hope we all can do that. So just do something today to help somebody out. Because I'm sure you could see somebody out there who needs some help in some way, some fashion. Even if it's the littlest thing, I hope you could do it today. And I will too. Because I'm preaching it, but it's also a lesson that I definitely need to learn sometimes. So let's do that. Every day this week, find somebody you could help. And okay. And speech and... On to today's episode, we have Dan Laverde. Dan is a communications and media relations assistant for the New York Yankees. Let's go. My team, as we find out, he didn't grow up being a Yankees fan. Whatever, now he works for them, shows his best. Okay. (laughs) I've known Dan for a long time. We actually did go to the same high school together. It's really amazing to see how hard he's worked. He's truly put in his time, paid his dues to get to where he is today. He's really has worked his way up and he's very humble about it. And he's always there to pay it forward and help people and give advice to people who want to be in his position. Maybe not his exact position, but be a colleague. You know what I'm saying? Let the good guy stay where he's at. And um, yeah. He has an awesome story, great advice to give to anybody who, I mean, anybody who's looking for a job, but anybody who wants to be in a communications or sports related field, um, you definitely want to listen to this episode. Um, If you want to uh, chat with him after, he's said he's willing to speak to anybody who is, find him on LinkedIn at, um, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's Dan Liberty. And Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I love doing this every week and I truly appreciate it. Follow it on Instagram at chapter20somethingpod. And you can follow me at official Kylie McDonald. And yeah, guys, have a wonderful week. And I will talk to you all next time. Much love. Bye. These little town blues.
make a brand new start of it in old New York and uh, if I can make it there I'm gonna make it anywhere it's up to you So, Dan, you work for the Yankees, which is amazing, and the only team I would have somebody on this podcast to interview. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I guess uh, you're not going to be happy to know that I grew up a Mets fan, but yeah, I work for the Yankees now. Oh, So I'm allowed no. to be on the podcast. It's great. <laughs> have you converted at all? Everyone asks me that. Uh, it's tough. It's, I, don't, I haven't converted. I'm still a Mets fan at heart, but I definitely don't. I don't have a distaste for the Yankees like I did growing up. <laughs> I, I, Good. I, actually, I, don't, I wouldn't call myself a fan. I'd, I'm definitely an employee of the Yankees, though. That's right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that counts for something, I guess. And I guess it's like you want them to win because then you have work to do. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's the other way. We're like, oh, I get a little bit of a vacation now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's another common question is like, oh, do you want the off season to come because you get to go on vacation and stuff in October? It's like, no, actually, you put in all this work, you know, hours and hours and hours, you work such a long season. You know, you want your team to win. You want to be in the playoffs. You want to see that atmosphere in the stadium. Like, you want that more than anything. Yeah. You want, and you want, to, you want to win a ring, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. yeah okay, so you are a Yankees fan. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for my own selfish reasons. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's got to be so thrilling, you know, to get to that point where it's the playoffs or even the World Series. And then, I mean, of course, even to watch those games on TV, it's the most insane, exciting thing. So to actually be there, to actually be working for a team, like, that's got to be incredible. Yeah, it's it's funny because you grow up going to, to baseball games as a fan. And, you know, when you're sitting in the stands, you're cheering with the crowd. You're not really paying attention to everything that goes on around you. You're just kind of watching the game. It's a big production and there are people behind the scenes that make it happen. And obviously when you're working there, you're not cheering. You're you're observing the whole product. Right. Um, and But uh, the little kid inside of you is che cheering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually can't imagine, you know, work. You know, I, I, obviously working for the Yankees is incredible, but I can't imagine what it's like for someone who grew up idolizing you know, these Yankee players and like a big Yankee fan and now working for the Yankees. I can't imagine what that's like because, you know, <laughs> grew up yeah. a Mets fan, but you know, it's, <laughs> I, it's actually funny because, uh, you know, working for the Yankees, um, it's been an incredible experience, Not, nothing against the Mets, but the Yankees are the most recognizable sports brand in the world. And um, I'm really lucky to be with them. Yeah. The cool thing is no matter where I've gone, like traveled anywhere in the world, you see somebody with the Yankees hat. It's crazy. I feel <laughs> yeah. like literally every single place I've traveled to, somebody's wearing a Yankees hat. And it's like, wow, go Yankees. Yeah. I know. Yep. <laughs> you see the bumper stickers on the cars and everyone's yeah, wearing a Yankees hat. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But anyway, back to you. So when you were growing up, was baseball always something that you were into? Was working for a baseball team always your goal? Did you want to be a baseball player? Like, how, how did you find yourself in this career field? 
Yeah. Well, I guess when I was little, I, I wanted to be a baseball player. But <laughs> I mean, we're talking really young. I actually didn't want to work in baseball. I didn't realize that until college. You know, I mean, gr growing up watching all the games, I would see the broadcasters and think like, wow, I want to do that. Like, I want to be behind the mic. You know, I didn't realize that was an actual goal of mine until college either. So growing up, I was just a big baseball fan. I, I was the weird kid who had the baseball cards and was reading all the stats on the back. And I, I knew all the players' names on the Mets and other teams too. I knew their stats, I knew what position they played. Um, my mom would always say like, you know, you should work in baseball or whatever. But I, I, it wasn't really a goal of mine until college, actually. No. Oh, okay. That's awesome, though, because obviously it's been a huge passion of yours for a long time. So that's cool. So when you were going into college, um, what did you major in? Like, what was your goal then? It's never really a straight path. Um, it's I, not. And mine certainly wasn't. It, so going into college, I decided to go to my local community college, um, Dutchess Community College, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I really had no idea. Yeah. It, it's the smart thing to do, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm like, okay, that was that was a good decision. Uh huh. I actually started college as a as an education major. I wanted to be a science teacher. Um, that was the, that was like a subject I really liked in high school, but I didn't know what else to do. So I'm like, oh, I'll be a science teacher, whatever. Get summers okay. off, you know. <laughs> Can um, I ask really quickly because we went to the same high school? Who did you have for science and at Jay? Oh, let's see. I had Mr. Herman for physics, Mr. Shields for chem. I'm oh my remember. god I had fields oh he was he was that was like the worst class in my high school experience I have to say <laughs> it's yeah I was one of the few people that actually kind of liked <laughs> yeah he yelled at me for asking a question once and I was like I'm done with this I'm sorry <laughs> wow okay all right so that's understandable <laughs> no but no but let's let's rebuke it like you liked him you liked him that's fine yeah good guy <laughs> um a little rough yes, around the end I'm sorry but yeah, I was an education major my first semester of college, and I took a communications course my second semester of my freshman year. And I was like, you know, I loved my professor, and I, I did really well in that class. I'm like, maybe I might change my major. I didn't change it then, but then I got um, a summer internship with the Hudson Valley Renegades, local minor league baseball team. And I actually, it wasn't an internship. It was just like a job where I was selling foam fingers and stuff, but it turned into an internship. And uh, it was kind of a funny story. I, I'm selling cotton candy, foam fingers, whatever. And I look up and I see the radio booth, you know, where the broadcasters sit. Just like when I was little, mm -hmm. I watched the broadcasters. And I was like, I'm going to go check that out after my shift. So I walked up there. I knocked on the door. You know, these two guys are sitting in there. And they're the Renegades broadcasters. And I was talking to them. And they were asking me questions like, oh, where do you go to school? Whatever. And they said, hey, we're looking for an intern. Do you want the job? Do you want to do some live score updates on the broadcast? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I had never gone up to that radio booth out of curiosity to just check it out, um, I probably wouldn't be here today, to be honest. Um, wow. That kind of jump-started the whole thing. Oh my gosh. How incredible is that? It's a common theme that we always talk about on the show is, you know, going after what you want or finding something that piques your interest and then finding a path to do something about it. You know, you just knocked on a door. You talk right. to the people who were in the position. You're like, Hey, what you do seems really cool. I want to know more about it. And then they just gave you a job on the spot. That's pretty, that's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it just goes to show you kind of have to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone and just kind of go for it. Take a chance. I was kind of nervous to go up there and talk to them, but I just did. And 
I don't want to make it sound like they just gave me a job. You know, it was kind of like, oh, you can do some score updates and stuff, but it turned into, you know, so I ended up changing my major to communications in, in Duchess. And then after my sophomore year, I got an actual like full-time internship with the Renegades that summer. And nice. then that kind of, I just kind of realized like, all right, this is what I want to do. And then I transferred to Oswego with, as a broadcasting and communications major and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> Good for you. And thinking about it, you really did stick to what you liked, even when you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. Like you were selling foam fingers, but you were at a baseball field. You're like, yeah, you know what? I love baseball. I like being behind the mic maybe. And then it led to all of this. You found your way by putting yourself in the atmosphere that you found exciting, that you found you could be passionate about. And then you did, you found your way, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's it, like, even from that point though, it, it wasn't, you know, wasn't it's a not like line. it's great. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I still didn't really, it's funny because I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, no one's ever a hundred percent sure. And that's what I try to relate to with current college students is I know you feel like you don't, you're not sure what you want to do. Even if you're confident in your major, you still don't know what you want to do with it. You're not sure if it's right. No one's a hundred percent sure what they want to do, but everything works out. If a door opens, walk through it. And that's kind of what I did. The door opened, I walked through it and it just led me. Literally too, the door opened and (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) up to that DJ booth. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Not DJ booth. What what are they called? The The broadcasters. broadcasters. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, (laughs) But I, okay. So very quickly before we move on, we worked at the Renegades that same year together. So I remember you walking around selling foam fingers. And honestly, like we never really (laughs) talked during that time. It was kind of like weird, like, oh, I know that kid from high school. We don't really talk, but like, I know who he is, is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I literally ripped tickets for the season ticket holders coming in. So they would walk in. I literally ripped their tickets, say hi to them. So, but that was my summer job and I loved it. It was so fun being in that stadium every night. But I totally remember you walking around little did I know all that was happening. I could have gotten an internship too, but I was too afraid to go out. But (laughs) But you already had, you were already ripping tickets. Yeah, I remember you doing that. (laughs) Well, I remember seeing Exactly. What more could I ask for? Yeah, right. (laughs) But hey, you were, you were behind the mic too. You, uh, I remember seeing you sing some national anthems before the games. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, (laughs) okay. Now that I talk about it. Those were never really planned. I think I mentioned I could sing to somebody. And then one night somebody dropped out. They're like, do you want to sing the national anthem? And I was like, okay. So you know what? Same thing. (laughs) It's the same thing. Talking about what you like, putting yourself in the position to do it when you're ready. And then after that, they asked me for a few more games. So you know what? We both had a successful summer. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know that you were having, I didn't even know what was going on in, in your life. But right. It was, it, exactly. it was, uh, we should have been friends. We really should have been friends. I was just a shy, awkward 19 year old. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm still shy and awkward. And now we're talking. So right. we're... <laughs> <laughs> we found our way. Yeah. Anyway. So you're in college, you're having these internships, you're getting more serious about what you want to do. Were you kind of nervous going into all these different atmospheres where you're like okay now I I could be behind the mic here I'm learning how it is and like what I actually have to do to make this happen was that a little intimidating for you and if so like how did you get how did you get past that yeah it was a little bit um I remember the first time it was actually in Duchess I um, a friend and and I we decided like hey let's try broadcasting the, the basketball games there 
And we kind of created and organized the first live radio broadcast of Dutchess Community College basketball games. And I was the broadcast. Love it. I love it. Yes. (laughs) History. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just remember, I was sweating. I was so nervous. My heart was pounding. I'm like, all right, we're about to be live. I don't even know how many people are listening. Probably not a lot at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not a lot, but some people for sure. Maybe my parents, you know. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, Yeah, I just, I mean, I was 19. I was like a young kid who's never really done this before. I did some live score updates on the Renegades broadcast. That's the only other experience I had, but now it's like all me. But once you get going, it's just kind of very natural. And the more you do it, like with anything, the better you get at it. And, um, And that was during the time when I wanted to be a broadcaster. So I actually... You know, right after I got over my my fears of being behind the mic and or on camera or whatever, I was actually transitioning. Little did I know it, I was transitioning to more of like the writing publication side, with completely okay. off camera and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just you kind of just realize like if anything, it's a learning experience. If I if I do terrible, then I, you know, I can only get better. Um, but if I do really good, then yeah. So it's you're always going to improve and learn something through through everything. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's just like letting go, putting yourself in that position to be like, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's see what happens. But that's the thing about like being live. Like, I don't know, from my job and stuff, it's like, you literally just have to go and trust yourself and just see what happens and leaning back on what you've trained to do your technique and then just going for it. It it really takes that mental snap yeah. to be like okay we got this you know yeah. we got it so it's cool and that's a, that's a good way to put it it's like you just kind of trust got to trust yourself and what you've learned and yep. like gotta just trust your ability and know that everyone's not judging you it's kind of it's just just got to believe in yourself you know right and if they are who cares just let them be they're <laughs> yeah. in their homes yeah, yeah right. sitting on their couch <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah it's funny um anyway so post-grad from what I've seen, you've kind of climbed the ladder. So you started out at maybe minor league baseball. I don't know all the details, but like minor leagues and then worked your way up obviously to the Yankees. So you were set on being on the communications media relations side of a baseball team. Was that what you wanted to do? So I actually, I, again, like I, I didn't really know my internship in with the Renegades was technically media relations, but that was just the title. I didn't really know what that meant because with the Renegades, I was just, okay preparing some game materials like the scorecards and the game notes, whatever. And then, you know, in doing a little bit of broadcasting, there's a whole lot more that goes into media relations that I didn't even know. So I, I didn't really have a goal, to be honest. Um, I guess we'll pick up where, where I left off. Like when, when I transferred to Oswego, I, my goal was to be a broadcaster that like, I was a broadcasting communications major. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to be that. I'm going to try to be like the Mets broadcaster. Yes. And, and Oswego has a great alumni group in the broadcasting industry. Like Al Roker went there, Linda Cohn, Steve Levy. They're both on ESPN. They went there. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. First day on the Oswego campus, I'm walking around just exploring. And I see a, a help wanted sign on the newspaper office it said hiring for assistant sports editor. I was like, sure, I'm, look, I'm looking for a way to get involved. I'll, I'll, I'll apply. I got the job. Okay. Like like I said, going in, I wanted to be a broadcaster, and that job that I got took up all of my time. I was at the newspaper office day and night. It was a weekly paper, and like every day, we're just trying to get the paper out um, for that week, and it was just so much work. But I learned a lot, and I realized like I was actually really good at writing, and I really enjoyed it. The writing, the editing, the the design of the actual publication of the sports section. So I just by taking a chance and kind of 
you know, just applying for that job out of nowhere, I learned something about myself. And, and it, that changed the whole trajectory of my career, that, that moment, because um, instead of focusing on broadcasting, I was on the writing side. Okay, cool. Dan, what is it about you when literally these opportunities are like falling into your lap? You open the door, <laughs> you see a newspaper, I don't know where, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. no, but it's cool though, because you really, it's like, you're looking for opportunities, but when you see them, cause I could read a newspaper every day that has like job listing on it, but I'm not always actually going to apply, but you did. And yeah. it's actually led to something great for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going after all these Oswego sports teams, which is great. And I'm sure yeah. very cold and exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> very cold, very cold. Yeah. When you were looking at first post-grad job were you applying to like anywhere in the country anywhere you could get a job did you have a specific goal in mind like what were you looking to do well it's funny because at this point everyone's probably thinking like oh you definitely like there's no doubt you want to work in sports (laughs) right I still wasn't sure okay it's just weird how that works um so my senior year I remember I mean I went all in I, I made a professional email. I was I was working on my resume constantly. I was emailing people. I was I, I created a LinkedIn account. I was messaging yeah. you know, <laughs> people. Like I was going all in. I was that annoying guy, yes. I guess. But I went to career fairs. I just tried to put myself out there anywhere, any way I could. And so one career fair I went to in New York City in January of 2017, it was my senior year at college. Um, I just thought it was a good opportunity to be face-to-face with employers and meet people. I think it was like the New York City Career Connections Fair or something. And okay. I'm walking around in my suit with my resume and I, I met I met a lot of people that night, but I met one guy who worked in Discovery Communications. Um, his name's Barry Gleiner and we had a great conversation. He looked at my resume and he saw I worked at the Hudson Valley Renegades and he's like, oh, my brother was just hired as their new president. Oh, like, wow. Small world. Uh, Steve Gleiner yeah. is is the president of the of the Renegades, and and so that sparked kind of a natural connection, and we stayed in touch. You know, I mean, he offered. He said, "Hey, if the Renegades are hiring full time after graduation, I'll definitely try to get you a job there." But anyway, he connected me with Steve Gleiner, and of the many connections I tried to make my senior year, this was probably the most valuable. Uh, it's and it's ironic because it's the team I interned for. He ended up telling me down the road, this was a few, I don't want to jump too far, but down the road, he ended up getting me back into sports just through the connection. But my first job out of college was, had nothing to do with sports. I just took any opportunity I could get. My first job out of college was a temp job (laughs) with Nutrisystem, surprisingly. Nutrisystem. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Yeah. And people were like, wait, how did that happen? How do you go from sports to that? And it was just kind of like, again, through like mutual connections. Uh, I was just looking for a job. I didn't think this would lead anywhere. I was just kind of like, you know, it's a job. I'll, I'll, I'll just take a chance. And little did I know it ended up being, I was doing content marketing for them and writing and stuff like that. And it actually taught me a lot of valuable skills that I still use today with the Yankees, which is, which is funny because like everything just works out. Yes. And you can learn something from everything you do. No matter yeah. what it is, no matter if it's shakes or I don't know, just some, yeah, that's shakes, right? And like blenders, yeah, yeah, they am do, I correct? They, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do like all different types of food, but yeah, shakes, shakes are in there. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to mind, but yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe like you're thinking of like the neutral bullet thing. What is it? Yes, yes, yes. That is what I'm thinking of. The infomercials <laughs> for that. I wanted one. Yeah, when I was a kid. I don't know. I was a weird kid, but anyway. <laughs> me, too, me too. Okay. Yes. So you said that this guy helped you find your way back into sports. So during this time, you know, you're learning and you're working a ton. If you were looking at like what it was ideally that you wanted to do, was sports a part of that? Yeah, it was always in the back of my mind. In fact, when I was working at Nutrisystem, I was freelancing for this local Philadelphia sports site, which like I didn't want to be a sports writer, but I was like, eh, it'll keep me in the industry sort of, you know, it'll yeah. still make me relevant in case I ever wanted to go back into it. But I, I was actually liking the job at Nutrisystem and I probably would have stayed there full time if they had offered me a job, but there just was no, there was no position available. Um, but everything happens for a reason. So like that temp job ended in October of 2017 and I got, I was just looking for work. I got back on the grind of emailing people, reaching out to connections. I even reached back yeah. out to Discovery Communications say, hey, like you guys have any jobs open? And they said, no. Uh, I ended up getting, so my dad worked at this corporate complex in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. And he just told me like, hey, uh, there's a company on the floor below me that, that is hiring. And it's a temp job again, but it's in like customer service sort of thing. And I said, you know what, why not? You know, I, I interviewed for it, I got it. And so this was like a client relations temp job with this huge trade show company called Reed Exhibitions. Again, totally unrelated to sports, totally unrelated to what I was doing at Nutrisystem, but learning valuable skills. Like I had like 80 different clients that I had to constantly be in contact with and like make sure that all their needs were met. And like, that's a valuable skill to have that, you know, in the moment I didn't realize, but now I'm looking back, I'm like, I learned a lot in that job, how to talk to people, yes. how to help people. And, but like, I mean, I still didn't know where it was going. I didn't know where it was leading me. I'm like, am I just going to keep doing these temp jobs? Or, kind of just want a full-time job where I'm working Monday to Friday. You know? But at Reed, I just decided like one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back into sports. I mean, I'm going to try. I'm going to go for it. I reached out to an old friend who you might remember from high school, Matt McNamara. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, yeah. I, I noticed he worked at um, a part-time job at NBC Sports. So I just messaged him on Facebook, said like, hey, man, like I was just wondering how you got that job and, you know, like if they're hiring or if. Yeah. You know, and uh, he said, yeah, man, and he sent me the email of his boss from NBC Sports. And actually, someone I worked with at Reed also knew people at NBC, too. So it just kind of was like this big, you know, I was connected in, in, in a, just a kind of natural way. And But I'm very grateful to Matt for passing along that email because I emailed her and she said, yeah, come in for an interview, whatever. So I got this part time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so another door opened. I just went through it. I didn't know where it was going to lead, but it was this part-time job at NBC Sports where I was logging plays of football and hockey games. Like whatever happened in the game, I wrote down. It was a weird job, but okay. foot in the door, right? Exactly. You know, you've mentioned several times that, you know, you're the one who's making the connections, who's sending the emails, who's putting yourself out there in different ways. How valuable do you think that's been in the trajectory of your career? It's it's crucial. Like it's really crucial. None of the jobs I've gotten have been without knowing someone within the company or but through through making connections. Right. Through right. actually like like you're very rarely going to get a job by just submitting your resume online, never reaching out, whatever. You have to make it kind of personable. You have to make a connection from within. And I just tried to make that happen. I tried to just get my resume to the top of the pile per se. Yeah. 
I mean, I, that's what I, whenever I talk to co current college students, I tell them that like, you kind of have to go above and beyond. You have to go that extra mile to set yourself apart. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds of people. And even, and especially in the sports industry, there's thousands of people who want your job and want that open position. Totally. You just, you got to set yourself apart. What would you say to somebody who feels like they don't have any connections currently? Like they don't have a friend who works at the company or, you know, they haven't worked for somebody who knows somebody in the past at that company. Like, what would you say to them to help them find their way in? Yeah, I didn't really either, but I, every opportunity I got to put myself in front of employers like job fairs or even LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is a great way to, to meet people. That's what it's there for to network. You just have to, like any, any opportunity you get to meet a potential employer, like take it and write down their number and send them a thank you letter afterwards, you know, like make that connection. And then all of a sudden, you know, that person in that company and they know 50 other people at 50 other different companies, you know? So one connection leads to another, to another. So you, you gotta take the time to, to put yourself out there and, 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 and make connections, you know, they're not going to come yeah. to you. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And you're right. We live in a time where we have the world at our fingertips. Honestly, you can search anybody's LinkedIn profile pretty much and then just send a message, see what happens, or then see who works at their company and find somebody else who works there. And, you know, it's easy. It's honestly so easy. Like there's no time for excuses yeah. now. We could just literally search anybody's name and send them a letter or send them right. an email, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. There's also the factor that like, you know, people are also afraid of rejection. You know, they, they don't want to you know put themselves out there and, you know, with the fear of getting rejected. But, but if you send out a hundred LinkedIn messages, I bet you, I bet you at least five will answer, <laughs> you know, like. It's true. Yeah. yeah. You'll find yeah. something, something and literally do that. Send 100. You could, I mean, not saying copy and paste, but you could write something very similar, you know, along the lines and then tailor it towards that person in their career and what you want to do for them. Send one right. hundreds of those banging out in an hour and then see what happens. You don't know, yeah. you know? And the key is with those messages and those emails, like I, I sent a bunch when I was in, a senior in college, I was very eager to learn. That's the approach you have to take. It can be like, what can you do for me? It's, you know, I'm a young professional. I'm really eager to learn. You know, I'm really impressed with what you've done in your career. I think I might want to do what you do one day. I'm just curious. I'd, I'd be thankful for 15 minutes of your time on the phone. That's all yeah. you got to do. Um, and it's, it's genuine. It's, it's really not reaching out to them to get something. It's, it's too, like, I want to learn. Like, that's the approach you have to take. And they resonate with that because, you know, these employers have been in your shoes before. But if you just, yes. if, you, if you copy and paste like a generic, you know, like, hello, Mr. Uh, Johnson, um, my name is, my name is Dan and I, you know, I'm looking for a job and I was wondering if there are any openings at your company. Thank you. Like, that's not gonna, you're not going to get a response with that, <laughs> but they're getting a hundred of those a day. So right. no, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. about but who it, you are and what you could do to help them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's a good, this is a good segue actually into how I, how I really got into baseball. Um, yeah. cause I, I mean, I could talk all day about how I got there, but the main, the main event, I guess was. One day I decided to send handwritten letters to all the New York minor league baseball teams and even some oh in Pennsylvania. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, you know, I want to stay close to home. Let me go with New York and Pennsylvania. Sure. So I wrote all these personalized letters and mailed them out. I actually hand delivered some because I was on my way 
home from upstate. So I was just stopping at all the minor league teams and dropping off. These Literally letters. going the extra mile. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> right. Right. And yeah. Some people are like, wow, like you actually did that, <laughs> but it was actually on the way. It's not like I, you know, I got out in my car. I'm like, you know, I'm going to drive all, all around New York state. I was already upstate and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop at all the stadiums on my way home. But so I guess the lesson here is I sent out all these letters and I only got one response. Okay. And that was from the Rochester Red Wings. It was the director of communications with the Red Wings. His name's Nate, who I'm still really close with today. He responded to my letter via email, like I, cause I put my contact info there. Um, he said, Hey Dan, I got your letter. We don't have any openings with the Red Wings, but I'd be happy to get lunch with you on this day. So I met up with Nate one day and made that connection. And he basically said, Hey, I used to work at the Norfolk Tides. They're a minor team down in Virginia. My boss, Ian Locke, um, he's hiring an intern right now. Um, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. Wow. And long story short, like I ended up going to this big job fair, the baseball winter meetings um, that winter. And I met up with Ian Locke with the Tides because of Nate. You know, Nate told him to meet up with me at, the, at this job fair. And um, we met up, I got the job. And uh, yeah, so if I had never sent those letters out to those New York teams with the goal of getting a job in New York, like... You know, I, I didn't get a job with a New York team, but it led to another job. Yes. So, and it yeah. got you back into baseball, which was your ultimate goal, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At, at that time, I was just thinking like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. But I think like earlier, I mentioned how Steve Gleiner, the president of the Renegades, played a huge role in getting me back into baseball. The reason I even knew about the baseball winter meetings, which is that, you know, there's a huge job fair associated with that. The only reason I knew about that is because of Steve. You know, this was two years later after I met his brother at that job fair in New York City. I kept that connection, but then I emailed Steve in 2018. Um, I was actually on a road trip with my brother. We were out in California. And, uh, you know, I emailed Steve and I said, hey, like, are there any openings with the Renegades by any chance? Or do you know of any openings? And he said, no, but you know what you should do, Dan? You should go to the baseball winter meetings this, de this December and put yourself in front of all these employers and and I like, so without that email that without him telling me that I would have had no idea. And that led to, you know, getting that job. So it's, it's just funny how everything works out. You got to, every connection you make, it's, it's going to lead you to more connections and more opportunities. So. Yes. You're consistently putting yourself out there and seeing what comes back to you. And wow, it's really working out in your favor. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess. Okay. So you ended up down in Virginia. Yeah. which was a surprise. You didn't expect to be down there. No. Um, and then let me take a look here. So you're in Virginia. I'm like looking at your LinkedIn profile right now. <laughs> so then you ended up going to Baltimore as well. So you're kind yeah. of bouncing around a little bit here and there. So did you like this part of, of the jobs? You know, you get to like travel, you're experiencing new cities. Um, was that a positive yeah. experience? It, it was. Um, it was also, it was tough because, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. It's just I moved down, Virgin, down to Virginia on an intern salary, right? So Right. Wow. You know, yeah. And you got to find housing on your own. It's a lot, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And so I was working some side jobs down there. I was actually umpiring Little League Baseball Empire down in Virginia. I was oh, delivering pizzas. Yeah. I was doing everything I could to get by while working really long hours as an intern in, in baseball. And I mean... I learned so much living on my own down there in Virginia in a completely new place. 
kind of forced to put myself out there and meet new people. And it was a really, really crucial growing experience for me. So when I was in Virginia, it's so funny, I keep saying this, but I still wasn't sure. I'm like, I'm working these crazy hours. I, I like working in baseball, but I'm, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking, how can I, how can I have a family in this career? You know, like I'm working weekends, yeah. I'm working all day. You know? And so these thoughts kind of go into your head and make you doubt, like, but I just kind of stuck with it. And um, like living in different places and, and working in these different stadiums. And I, I've traveled a lot in, in all these baseball jobs and it's, it's been really fun. Totally. And you also mentioned that you did go to uh, California. Did you do a road trip or something? Was that, I feel like I remember seeing that online. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my brother and I, um, we've always had a passion for, for road trips and, you know, f- flying is boring when you drive, you know, you kind of, <laughs> you see everything, you know, you yeah. see everything along the way. When you fly, you fly over everything. But uh, my brother and I are kind of old fashioned. We, we, when we did our road trips, we'd use like a road atlas because it was more fun. You know, <laughs> try oh to navigate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. A little terrifying, but it does sound so fun. <laughs> oh my God. That's a goal of mine too. I really, really want to do a cross country road trip like really soon. So I don't know, maybe next summer. We'll see. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you should do but it. But you would recommend? Yeah. And you, you stop at all the cities along the way and you try all the local foods and you're on. You know, I would say stay off the interstates as much as you can, because when you're driving on the, the two lane highways, the local, more local roads, you get a more authentic experience and yeah. you just see so much. Yeah. Yes. Getting to see all the, all the towns and meeting all the people in those towns. Yeah. That's, that's great. So yeah. good for you for doing that. That sounds so fun. I totally yeah. remember seeing pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely have. You're doing these internships, you're working, you're working. When did you find yourself getting the position for the Yankees or when did that position open up to you? Yeah. So I mentioned that I went to the baseball winter meetings in the winter of 2018. Not only did I get a job with the tides in in that job fair, but I made some connections too. And one guy I met, uh, his name is John Goldberg. He had got hired for an internship with the Yankees that winter. And we kept in touch throughout my internship with the tides and his internship with the Yankees in 2019. In August, as my internship with the Tides was was winding down, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, hey, we're looking to hire another intern with the Yankees." Oh. He said, "You should apply. Like, there's, I mean, no promises, but you know, hey, like, I'll put in a good word for you. Send send over your resume." So I emailed the director of communications with the Yankees and my resume, and I had I have this whole email template now built up over years and years of emailing people. So with my resume, I sent a T-chart of like comparison, like my qualifications and your job requirements. So I was just comparing. Oh my gosh, good for you. Yeah. And I I would actually be happy to share that template with any college students who are looking to get jobs because that's actually like, you know, no fluff. That's like, I'm qualified for this job. Here's my qualifications. Here's your requirements. Um, So I sent that to him and I didn't hear back for like four weeks. So like weeks and weeks are passing by and I'm like, all right, I'm probably not going to get this job. But, you know, I followed up and all that. And then out of nowhere, like a week after I moved back home from Virginia, I get an email from the Yankees saying, like, can you interview at 10 a.m. tomorrow? Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) And at the time, I was five hours away. I was way upstate, but I couldn't say no. So I booked the first train back, back home at like 5 a.m. My mom picked me up from the train station in Poughkeepsie. I drove home, put on a suit, drove right down to Yankee Stadium, but I, I interviewed and, and they gave me the internship on the spot. Um, Are you kidding? Wow. Yeah. 
I was walking out to my car. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was I, I finished the interview. I'm walking out into my car in the parking garage, and and I, I'm getting a call from the guy I just interviewed with, and he said, "Hey Dan, we decided um, we're going to offer you the job." And I'm like, <gasps> and that you know that feeling is incredible. I was just standing there alone in the parking garage, like in disbelief. And so that That's was like the a dream. That's a movie right there. That's what yeah. everybody wants. Okay, next time <laughs> I like go for a job interview, I'm literally going to like walk so slowly in the parking lot afterwards be like all right now they're gonna call wait i'm yeah, just right. gonna like turn around fix my hair a little bit okay now okay we're good but you you got to like experience that that's that's awesome it's just kind of like when you we've all experienced this like you can't believe it's happening you're like like the yankees really yes <laughs> um, yeah incredible and i just i think that was the moment where i was like you know all right there's no return from here i'm gonna work in baseball i'm just gonna have to i'm gonna Love keep it. going Yes. yes. Okay. So this was for an internship, you said. Yeah. Okay. So um, what were you doing with this internship? Well, so I, I got I got hired in September, right as the season is winding down and the Yankees were really good that season and they made the playoffs and you're in the middle of this great playoff atmosphere at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, I was helping write game notes for anyone who doesn't know the game notes are what the broadcasters and the writers use during the game to like all the information, all the stats, all the team trends are in those game notes. And they use that to broadcast the game, you know, or, cool. you know, write their articles. Um, so that's one of our main, main responsibilities. But so I was helping do that, um, just organize the press box, you know, intern stuff, you know, yeah. organizing things and helping out any way I can. But, but yeah, I, w- I ended up staying with them through the off season. The internship actually extended into spring training the following season. They, they invited me to spring training down in Tampa, Florida. Nice. Um, so here we are, spring 2020, you know, I'm okay. down in Florida, and I had also gone to the 2019 winter meetings again. So a, another year later, I went to the winter meetings looking for my next job, and I got hired for an internship with the Baltimore Orioles, and that was supposed to start right after spring training with the Yankees. We all know what happened in March 2020. <laughs> um, yes. No, tell so, me. What happened? <laughs> yeah, like, but I was supposed to move to Baltimore and work for the Orioles in person. And I'm very, I was very fortunate to uh, be able to keep that internship remotely. 2020 kind of changed everyone's perspective. I, after the Orioles internship, I really, now I was back to not being sure about baseball. Um, a lot of people were getting laid off in the industry. It was a really tough time for the industry. And I figured like, I should get something maybe more secure. I'm 25 now, like I can't do another internship. I mean, I could have, but it, I, I just kind of was thinking, what's best for my future? What do I really want out of life? So I, I, I worked all these like odd jobs between the end of the Orioles internship and my next job. I was working at UPS. I was uh, I, I had waited tables for a really long time, you know, growing up. And I went back to that restaurant for a little bit. Like I was just doing anything I could to make money and try to find my way. And jobs were hard to come by anyway during that time. But I actually got an unexpected call from my former boss with the Tides, the team down in Virginia. And he was the director of communications for the North Tides. And he basically said like, hey, I don't know if you're still looking to work in baseball, but like, I'm probably leaving. Like, I'm probably leaving my position. And I, that was a shock to me. You know, I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to be back in baseball, but this is like an opportunity, like the door opened, like, like we've been talking about. And right. I didn't get, I didn't just get the job. Like I still had to apply and everything. I had also gotten hired for an internship with the Kansas City Royals for that for the 2021 season. Look at so, you, yeah. Yeah, so I had I had some options all of a sudden, and it seems like it kind of came out of nowhere. 
you know, after working all these odd jobs. And I was supposed to move to Kansas City that year. And then I got a call from the GM of the Tide saying like, basically like, we wanna hire you. And that was a full-time wow. job. That was like, so I was hired as the director of communications with the Tides. And I basically told the Royals like, I'm sorry, like <laughs> I gotta take the full-time job. Yeah. So I finally, after all this time, I finally got that full-time job after all the internships. I know. And, that yeah. is really crazy to think about. Like you had been working internships pretty much up until this point and you're 25, you know, that's yeah. like, it's great. You were staying in the field, but I'm feeling that a little bit of trying to be like, all right, when is this job coming? When is that security coming? Right. And I, that's what I tell a lot of people looking to work in this industry is you know, you're going to have to do a lot of internships. And a lot of the internships are post-grad. You need to have a college yeah. degree to get them because the baseball season, you know, goes from March to October, you know, it, it wouldn't work for a college student. So you got to, you really got to sacrifice a lot and pay your dues. And, but I, I did everything I could during those internships to make money. Like I was working all those side jobs and it's funny, like even without a full-time salary, I ended up, people don't believe this, but like, I ended up paying off my, my student loans, even with an intern salary. <laughs> like, oh my God. How did you do that? I, w- I was just working a lot. I was working four jobs at one point like delivering pizzas, umpiring baseball games. You know, I had my normal baseball job, even little things like shoveling driveways for some cash here and there, like waiting tables, washing pots and pans. I remember, you know, I took, I took all these weird jobs like on the side. I don't know. I, I had this goal in mind and I wanted to, I wanted to make it happen. It was a lot of sacrifice, but the, the funny thing is like, as you can kind of see, it just wasn't a straight line. It was a lot of, it was, it was a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff totally. had to happen. I mean, even to do that in this amount of time, it's crazy. And like, did you have a system like with your budgeting, with your money to be like, all right, this is what I'm going to pay to my loans. This is what I'm going to pay to my food, my groceries, you know, whatever it is. Like, what was your system? Well, I sacrificed a lot of, a lot of my social life. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, oh. didn't do much spending, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I did budget and I didn't put like, I just kind of threw money at my loans. It's like there wasn't really like a magic formula or like a system in place. It was just kind of like most of my money coming in that I was making, I was just putting towards my loans and like not making the minimum payment or anything. You're not, you're not really going to make any progress if you do that. But you know, I was just anything I could. You don't have to pay once a month either. You can pay three times a day if you want. <laughs> like Yeah, it's true. It sucks, but it's true. <laughs> I know, I know. Right, right. So I, I just wanted to get out of that hole. I didn't want the student debt to hold me back. And it was such a freeing feeling when I paid that off. And I was right I in the middle. I can't wait to experience it. <laughs> One of these days. Hey, uh, the, if the local restaurants are hiring, you can. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, honestly, though, you know, there's no shame in that. And just finding a job to help you get by. Even if it's like, if you find you're doing it for 10 hours a week, you're getting an extra hundred bucks. You know, that's something. There's no shame yeah. in that. People need money these days, you know? Right. I mean, I was also lucky. A lot of the time I, I was fortunate to live at home and not be paying rent and stuff. Right. But when I was down in Virginia, like I was paying rent and that's why I had to work even more jobs to kind of get by. So you kind of just do whatever you, you have to. And just for a timeline purposes. So when you think of your whole life, right? Well, let's say like 75, 80 years, whatever. It took me 19 months to pay off the loans. Wow. So like a little under two years. And that's a huge sacrifice, right? 19 months. People think like, wow, like you worked that much for 19 months. But those 19 months of sacrifice were all worth it. 
going forward, I don't have that debt hanging over my head, you know? Right. And 19 months is a long time, but it's really not. It's less than two years and you have your whole life ahead of you where you don't need to be worrying about this. That's great. Right. And even if you can pay down as much as you can to get the interest payments down, like, you know, just cutting it down and making progress. That's what kept me going is, is it kind of gets you excited. You're like, I can see the end of the road here. Like I'm making progress every week. You know, the number just keeps shrinking. You know, you're like, wow. Uh, That's great. That's great. And yeah, now you have a full-time job without that debt. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So you were working for Baltimore and then um, how did you find your way back to the Yankees? So, I mean, this just happened earlier this year. I'm working as the director of communications for the Tides, thinking, you know, I'll live in Virginia for, for, oh, for a Oh, sorry. Of years. You were in Virginia. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yep. No, no problem. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to remember. Sometimes I even. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have this full time job and I loved it down there. I thought I was pretty good at the job. Uh, it was a lot to learn, obviously, but you know, being in charge of a department for the first time and having an intern, which is the weirdest thing. Like I went from being an intern to having an intern. (laughs) Working your way up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was really lucky to have great mentors and and influences that prepared me for that. Like my boss with the tides kind of tried to emulate what he did. He was phenomenal at his job. I learned so much from him. I credit him a lot to me getting that job and, and, and succeeding at it, I guess. But I was only at that job for three months, actually two months into that job. I'm sitting in the press box right before first pitch and my phone starts ringing and it says New York YA. Oh, and I was like, Yankees. But uh, it's funny because my first thought was, (laughs) yeah, right. Maybe like my first thought was it was like a spam call or something. Totally. (laughs) Like what's New York YA? Wait a second. I recognize the number. And this is right before first pitch of this game that I'm supposed to work in. I pick up and it was the VP of communications with the Yankees. And he basically said like, Hey Dan, how are you? Like, it's been a while, whatever. Um, we have a job opening, you know, full-time opening in our department. We thought of you, um, you know, you, the job's not yours. You're still gonna have to interview, but I just wanted to let you know, like, I know you just started this job down in Virginia, but I just wanted to give you a call and let you know. That kind of flipped my reality. You know, I was just like, I yes completely moved down to Virginia. I had this full-time job. I'm like, I just started this job two months earlier. And now the Yankees are asking me if I want to come back to them full-time. Like it was a really tough decision. I mean, people would say like, are you kidding? I'd go to the Yankees in a heartbeat. But you know, I I was really enjoying, enjoying it down there in Virginia. And these were people I've worked with before and I cared about, and I didn't want to just leave them mid season. Of course. Um, So all of a sudden I had this really difficult decision in front of me, but I went through the interview process. And in mid June, I ended up getting the job. I mean, they offered me the job at least. Yeah. <laughs> and it, this was after like a couple of interviews and some writing tests and all that. The, the decision didn't really come until I got that job offer with the Yankees. Cause before it was kind of like, they just told me about it. I didn't really have a job offer yet. So then all of a sudden mid June, I have this full-time job in Virginia and a full-time offer on the table with the Yankees. And I had about a week and a half to make a decision. Um, wow. So in that week and a half or maybe two week span, I this goes back to all the connections we're talking about, right? I reached out to a former connection of mine and someone I worked with at the Yankees in spring training of 2020. And I said, like, hey, I am probably going to take this job with the Yankees. And there's so there's going to be an opening with the tides for my job that I currently have. So he ended up taking that job in Virginia and I ended up moving back home to the Yankees just like that. 
it was like a trade almost like it was a smooth transition, um, I guess. Yeah. But you're not leaving anybody hanging, you know, you're helping out your friend. You're also helping out this organization that you do care about and you want to see succeed, but you're looking out for yourself at the end of the day, which is a good thing. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like I I didn't want to leave them hanging. Like I wanted to at least fill the position or find a replacement before I left. Right. Um, and it was hard leaving. It was like, I, I felt like it was home. Like it was like my new home almost. And I knew all these people there. Yeah. It, the were, time, you were excited. You're moved to Virginia. Like that's huge. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, I, I think this was the right decision. I got to move back home and be close to family who I'd grown really close to over the, through the pandemic and everything. And like, it was hard leaving in the first place, but now I'm close to family again. I'm back with the Yankees, you know, and it just everything happens for a reason. It was, it was not a straight path at all. Yeah, it's it's just so funny looking back at the journey to get here and everything that had to happen, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. And now you're at the Yankees. I wanted to ask because, you know, obviously you say you work for the Yankees and pretty much anybody is going to be like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. Like, that's a cool job. <laughs> like, do you feel that pressure of like working for a big brand to succeed? Do you find that pressure comes along with that job? A little bit. I mean- it's funny because like you'd think that, you know, the Yankees working for the Yankees must be less like must be a lot of pressure associated with that. And I feel very comfortable there. You know, I I am lucky to work with a great I mean, the Yankees are a first class organization. You know, they do everything by the book and I work with some phenomenally talented people, very nice people. Uh, I mean the best in the industry and like great people to learn from. And so I, I always feel like I'm I'm surrounded by a great group of people. So I don't I don't really feel pressured, but um but- I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of surreal like to work for the Yankees, but realize at the same time that they're a business, you know, I guess I don't really know. I, I don't really experience much pressure every day. Good. Just, yeah. But you're, you're going to work, you know, just like yeah, right, anybody right. does. Yeah. You're literally just going to work and dealing exactly. with the great stuff, dealing with the, the stress of every day, but you know, you're getting it done. And then what would you say, are the challenges that you find right now with your job? And then like, also what have you loved about it thus far? The first challenge was jumping right in, in the middle of the season. You know, um, I had interned there before, but being full-time is completely different. Like it's a whole nother animal being full-time. Like the hours during the season are crazy, especially during homestands, you know, jumping right in, in the middle of the season and working these insane hours and like trying to learn on the fly you know, everyone's so busy. They don't have time to sit down and teach you stuff. And like, but I mean, that's how I learned the best anyway, learn just by doing like, throw me right in. I'll I'll learn. I'll, I'll I'll find my way. But, um, that was like the first big challenge and trying to land on my feet, I guess. But after, you know, after a couple of weeks, I, I felt started to feel comfortable. Like I'm a part of the team, you know, it's also different, like being in a position where you're kind of, not that I'm, I'm not a manager by any stretch of the word, but kind of being that person that the interns go to you have to answer questions you have to be there to help people you kind of have to take initiative to make sure everything's getting done where when you're an intern you're kind of just taking orders right so but now you have a greater responsibility you're one of the five full-time pr staff members for the yankees like you got to get after it you know <laughs> this is yes your job. that's pretty um, sick i love that yeah so i mean that, that was it was it, there was an adjustment uh to the to that kind of responsibility to that level of responsibility You've really earned it, honestly. You've put in your time and now you're really in a great position for yourself. So that's great. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and but it's really um it's really humbling at the same time because I know like I know I didn't get here on my own. I know it sounds cliche, but there were a lot of people 
along the way that helped me get here. And I'm like, looking back, you're just so thankful. You're so appreciative of all the challenges and the people that helped you get here. Like there are so many people that I have thanked and have reached out to and learned so much from. You don't get here on your own. You definitely don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy life. Yeah, it really is. And <laughs> it is about the people who help you along the way, truly. And you seem like you're a really like hard worker. You're a nice guy. You're putting in your time. And people want to reward that. They do. And obviously, I think it's clear with what you've accomplished so far. People see you. They see the work you do. And they want to help you move along. Simple as yeah. that. People want to help good people. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a cycle, right? Like now I'm going to, I'm just excited to pay it forward, to do what yes. all of my mentors did. And, you know, any, any college kid or job seeker that reaches out to me, I'm happy to talk, happy to hop on the phone with them. I've already, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of college students since I got the job and you got to pay it forward now. Like, you know, I've made it and I've had a lot of people help me get here and I'm going to fill that role now. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. What has been like the most exciting day at the Yankees that you've experienced so far? Oh man, honestly. So most recently, the uh, the last game of the season, the Yankees hadn't clinched a playoff spot yet. I mean, this was a packed house. Like, I think it was the largest yeah. crowd of the year, and the Yankees walked off. They had a walk off win um, on the last game of the season to clinch a playoff spot. The place was going nuts. Like. You know, and as I was kind of talking about before, when you're a fan, you're cheering with everybody. So you don't really realize how loud it is because you know you're in the crowd. Yeah. When you're just sitting in the press box watching it all, you're like, this is <laughs> this is madness. Like, I mean, 45,000 plus fans just like screaming, going crazy. Like the Yankees are jumping all over each other on the field. It, it was just like and you're just sitting there like working, <laughs> you know, like just a normal day. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, there's truly nothing like that, honestly. I think growing up, I don't know if my brother got it for Christmas or something, but we had this CD album and it was called The Crowd Goes Wild. And it was just like all these different sports moments captured on broadcast. Oh, and cool. yeah, it was really cool. And I just had like, like this throwback to remembering that. And yeah, it was just basically probably like 20 different moments in sports where you just hear the crowd go wild and it's like oh because it's people coming together to celebrate and it's so loud and it's so exciting and it's like yeah. truly there's nothing like it and that's so cool that you get to experience that in the office technically you <laughs> right. know it's cool <laughs> right right yeah no I'm, I'm I'm very lucky it's uh but it's funny because like when you see it every day it doesn't really affect you that much. You're just like, eh, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's what happens. But, you know, sometimes it's good to take that step back to like that kid who's like, oh, like this is just like the coolest thing ever. And I'm at like this huge stadium and, you know, obviously right. you grow up, but just to take a step back now and then and be like, wow, like this is, this is pretty dope, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I have taken those moments where I'm just kind of like, I step away from the press box for a second during a game, maybe just take five minutes. I'll find an empty booth or something and just kind of stand there and look around. Like, you know, this is amazing. Um, I honestly do wonder in those moments, like what, what did I do to get here? Like, how, yeah. why? I just can't believe it. Um, sometimes. And like, uh, like I said, it's really humbling. It really is. Um, Truly. It's so exciting. And yeah. So you said the press box. So you're really like watching every game, right? there yeah. while they're happening that's awesome wow yeah 
Oh, and so it, cool. when the team's on the road, it's more remote. Like, okay. You know, so there are some members of our staff that travel with the team and maybe as I gain more seniority, I'll travel too, but I'm definitely going to go to spring training this spring down in Tampa again. So that'll be fun. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone pictures Sorry, me sitting I don't know why the, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. Like, Oh, party, let's go. But yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you're working. <laughs> right. Everyone's like, Oh, you're going to get to go to the beach. You know, like, Nope. No. <laughs> no, a, maybe for yeah. like an hour. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but it, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I think this is just another chapter. To be honest, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what doors open, you know? Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And if you're looking at your future now, do you think you want to stay in baseball or are you looking at more of a like PR route? Like, what are you thinking right now? Right now, I think with a long term view, I don't know. Like, I definitely want to have like, a family one day and maybe like I want to, I want to like coach my kids sports teams and stuff. And, like, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to do that with this job. So, but that's long-term. Yeah. Short-term, I'm happy where I am right now. I'm, you know, I'm close to family working for the Yankees. I'm going to learn a lot, but you never know what the future holds. Like I could end up staying here for 30 years. You never know. You yeah, just you don't never know. know. So. I'm just picturing you like coaching your kids sports teams and being like, I worked for the Yankees. And then <laughs> the kids, if they think you were a Yankee, it doesn't matter. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's so funny because I've had, yeah, I've had kids ask me like, wait, you work for the Yankees? Like you're in the uniform? Like, no, no, I'm not on the field. <laughs> I'm not a player. Yeah. Just don't ask questions. Don't ask yeah, questions. Right. You hear the word Yankees, just like let your mind wander. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome though. I know you said you speak to college students all the time. Um, if you're talking to some, especially people who are looking to get into a job with a sports emphasis or communications emphasis, um, or both, obviously, what would be like the main advice you would give them? Honestly, it, it's as simple as internships, 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 like, but also, you know, like I said before, making connections, this industry requires a lot of internships and requires like persistent networking. But like I was kind of saying before, it has to be in a genuine way. Can't be like putting your hand out, expecting someone to give you a job, look to learn from from people in the industry, reach out to them and say, like, I would love to learn from you. I would love to talk to you for 10, 15 minutes just to see how you got to where you are. You know, I'm a young, young professional, a college student. I just, you know, I'd really appreciate 15 minutes of your time. And if you put it that way, they're most of the time they're going to say yes, because they, like I was saying before, they can relate to you. But yeah, it's networking and grinding through the internships in some cases. Sometimes you're going to have to do one, two, even three internships before that full-time yeah. job everyone's path is different, but definitely making those connections is the most important thing. And it's just trusting that you keep going. And the next, I hate that we're saying it again, because it's close, so cliche, but it's the theme. It's the door's going to open. It is, yeah, you know, it is. <laughs> you just got to keep, keep going. Exactly. I don't hate it. I just, I, I'm like, damn, we're really just using that one to its end right here. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's, like, it is. I'm not, Honestly. It's funny, like when I'm, yeah, when I'm talking to these kids, I'm not afraid to use the cliches because like, they're just true. That's the way it is. You know. <laughs> I honestly think so. And I think they're cliches because they've just been overused because they're true. Yeah, yeah just exactly. <laughs> follow the cliches. Yeah. Um, one question that I always love to ask everybody is just wondering, what is it that you value at the end of each day? It's funny, like I didn't give the, that question much thought until um, like I was so busy getting to where I am now that I didn't really think about like what 
I guess everyone asks what purpose do they serve and what, what, what do they really value? But now I've kind of had time to like sit back and just think like right before the pandemic, this is just me personally, but right before the pandemic, like I was going through some tough times in my life and I, but I decided to pick up a Bible for the first time and I just started reading. It really did change my perspective and change my life. And the more I've read and the more I've kind of grown in the, in the word, um, it's, it's really been life-changing. I almost feel like it gives life a special meaning and it, yeah. it, it's been very fulfilling for me. And so at the end of the day, like, I feel like I have a responsibility to be a positive influence on, on other people and be a light to reflect God's light on people. And because it really has changed my life for the better. I, th I think at the end of the day, as long as I'm in the best way I can be a positive influence on people and um, kind of reflect that light, I'm fulfilled. So. Yeah, I love that. We're here to help each other and to, you yeah. know, see each other through the dark times and the good times. So if we can lead each day doing that, that's great. Yeah. 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 Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time. Honestly, this has been so, so cool to hear your story and to see how far you've come in the past few years. You know, it's it's great. And I can't wait to just continue to watch your journey. Thanks, Kylie. And thanks for having me on. And congrats on all you've accomplished, too. I mean, look thank at you. you. Everyone podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. As I'm yeah. like here in my like my sweats right now. But yeah, you know, it's, it's I'm, I'm working from home morning. today. I got my sweats on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes. Um, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Find me on LinkedIn, just Dan Laverde. Feel free to message me on LinkedIn. I, I'm happy to respond. So cool. Yeah. All right. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Kylie. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. So great to reconnect. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. All right. See All right. Ya. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Thanks.